How are you doing? Well, folks, this is Adrian Pascal, Yobi the Bear Blumberg, and uh, I'm giving you uh, an in-between episode. Uh, if you like it, I found a, an article that would be fun to read. It's from Slate.com. Young people have no idea what we used to do after work. Let me regale you. Written June 17th by a person. A collage showing young people in the early aughts and 2000s, particularly 2002, laughing, having fun at bars, and working in an old-school vintage computer with a corded phone, and also the final episode of Friends, which I personally never watched. Recently, a number of my younger co-workers expressed shock that I was able to complete a master's degree while I held a full-time job. It was easy. I worked at a literary agency during the day. I got off work at 5 p.m., studied at night. The key was that this was just after the turn of the millennium. But what would you do when you had work emails? His co-workers inquired. I didn't get work emails, I said. Barely had the internet in my apartment. The very idea that once work hours were over, no one could get a hold of you via email, text, slack, whatever, is completely alien to contemporary young people. And think about it, it's the first generation completely raised online, who never let their cell phones leave their hands. Yes, it's because they're addicted but it's also because we're all expected by bosses, co-workers, friends, be online, available pretty much every time of day. Yet they never come by and like even see my human face, especially since the pandemic. The growth of remote work, which is BS. You can't even get a bank account if you don't have a permanent address. Digital nomad my behind. Job responsibilities seem to be ever-expending to fill all available time. One survey suggests, suggests, mind you, it only suggests, that United States workers were logged into their employer's networks 11 hours a day in 2021, as opposed to 8 hours a day before the pandemic. It's a suggestion. A survey of UK workers found a majority said they wished their employers would restrict work communication to work hours only. What the hell? Could things really have been so different just a few short decades? Hell, years ago was the last era before smartphones the last time anyone had any fun. Can a modern young person even understand what it was like to simply... Watch whatever happened to be on television to explain what life was like in those days of yore. I interviewed a number of people who are, <clears throat> roughly, my age about what it was like being about um, 27-ish around 2002. These are their stories. Good morning, Eric. IT and retail, Hickory, North Carolina. I'd wake up as close as possible to the time I had to leave for work. Rebecca, magazine writer, New York City. 
There were definitely no emails from bosses or internet checks before going into the office. We didn't get the internet in our apartment to develop. 2004? Dan, literary agency assistant, New York City. It wasn't like that was what I was worried about missing. No one would send you an email at night. Matt, public relations, Washington, D.C. I take a lunch off. I cannot read newspapers. From the post, the front section, and style section, from the times, the front and business section, because sports was in the back of business. Jordana, legal assistant, New York City. My boss gave me a Palm Pilot as a bonus instead of money. I rode the subway to work and played Dope Wars on my Palm Pilot. I think I only ever used that Palm Pilot to play Dope Wars. Rebecca. I rode the subway, reading an hour, listening to my disc man. We'll go, probably. Dan, once I accidentally hit the repeat button on my discman, I was reading a book or something, and I didn't notice that I had listened to Fell in Love with a Girl 15 times in a row. Mac, Bink, data entry, New York City. There was one year when everyone on the train had She's Coming Done by Wally Lamb. Matt, then when I got to the office, we all sit on bar stools in the kitchen, passing back and forth newspapers and reading interesting stories out loud. It was like social media, I guess. Time to work. Mac, I had to be at work at 8.30. Sean had called me when he was stumbling home drunk at 5.30 in the morning in L.A., so I'd be at my desk taking a call from my rancidly drunk Sean. Sean, recording engineer in Los Angeles. I'll just forever be on the follow island. I remember calling a friend at work one time, and he was like, What do you need? And I was like, I just wanted to see what you're up to. And he was like, I'm at work. Mac, all my friends had the, my desk phone number. They used to do impressions of the voice I used when I answered my phone work. <laughs> <laughs> The dime. This is Mac. It's James. Regular voice. Oh, hey, dude, what's up? <laughs> Nicole, public defender in New York City. You would not call someone's cell phone during the work day. Calling someone on their cell in that era was like how our parents thought about long distance. Only it's very important. Dan, if you called someone at work on their cell phone, maybe it'd ring like... In a meeting or something, that'd be terrible. Cell phones were for emergencies or for calling people when you were drunk. Matt, yeah, you had to pay by the incoming call on your cell phone. Once someone called me and it was the, the wrong number and everyone laughed like, that's just cost you a buck. Sally, law clerk, Baltimore. During the day, you'd organize that night's plans of the phone. Matt, I had a friend who used to call my office and get the receptionist. The receptionist would put her through to me and we'd talk about plans. You know, all kinds of plans. Why do you want to know what plans? The receptionist started calling her my girlfriend six months before we were actually dating. Jordana. Our receptionist knew all my friends. She never got their names right, but she got the names wrong the same way each time. Sally. Oh, you'd email to make plans. I didn't have a personal email address. You used your work email, which was stupid. Mac, it's really astounding. I just don't think along those lines unless certain things you wouldn't send from your work email. Eric, 
I was working at a store called Media Play, which had four quadrants of stuff. DVDs, books, music, and computer stuff. Maybe there were four more. I think it was computer stuff, music, books, and DVDs. I worked in the music quadrant. Friends would just come by the store and hang out. There was a regular group that would come in and sit on the couches and play magic. You know, together. Then we'd uh, make ad hoc plans like, Oh, let's go to IHOP tonight. Ad hoc. <laughs> Wait, do you know what ad hoc is? Sean, most of the time we was trying to get to FedEx before it closed because we had to ship sound edit across the country. The current session was the end of 5, and the FedEx place closed at 5.30. I'd pack a uh, small hard drive and rush over to FedEx. So much physical stuff going on around country all the time. Work's over. Jordana. My day ended at four. Mac. I left at 5.30 without fail. I worked there for years and was never asked to stay late. Not even once. Rebecca. Once a month we'd be closing an uh, issue so we'd stay late and expense dinner in a car service home. Other than that we'd be out every day by 5.30 or 6. Nicole. I never took work home. Sometimes I had a lot to do, so I would just stay late until it was finished. Dan, I'd sometimes stay late to use the good internet at the office. They had DSL. Nicole, in this era, I was doing a lot of swing dancing in the post-gap ad swing dance feather. So sometimes we had a swing dance lesson or we'd go to Swing 46. Dan, I always had an improv class or an improv practice or an improv show. Rebecca, I'd go to a street hockey practice or skimmaging. That was a social vet, too. Besides being exercise, everyone dated one another there. Mm. Sean. He really would just drive to someone's house to see what they were doing, you know? You and a couple people would be in the car and you'd be like, let's go to Brown and Mike's. Matt. Either we'd make plans or we'd just go to the... Same few places during the week. Uh, it was the front page DuPont or GFGG Flips. Or on Thursday or Fridays, it was Lulu's on M Street. Someone I knew would be there. Sean. There were only six places you go someone would be there. Birds La Poubelle across from the Scientology Celebrity Center. And then like four other places. Sally. You had to plan more ahead and hope it worked out. People didn't flake as much. There's no option to text someone two minutes before because you knew they were there waiting for you. Dan, even if you didn't feel like it, you'd show up. And if you didn't show up, people would stop inviting you out. And then you would have fun. Or maybe it would suck, but next time it would be fun. Matt, or you'd be late and I'd be late and you'd just... Talk to whoever was there is a whole skill talking to a person you didn't know. Nicole, I always carried a book with a New Yorker with me because in a time before cell phones, no one could call you to tell you they were going to be late so you had to have something to read. Matt, eventually your friends showed up or they didn't. Oh, wow, they must have been having a really bad day at work or they, they couldn't come out. Nicole, if someone didn't show, you'd sometimes have to call your home voicemail from a payphone and put in your code to see if they had left a message on your home phone. Sally, later on you'd be like, what happened? And they told some fake story like, I fell asleep, or you'd be like, whatever, I know you were hooking up. Name redacted. 
There were some nights when friends and I were trying to connect by leaving updates on each other's own voicemail. Matt, we decided to move from this bar to that bar. You know, the one, the one with the name. Matt, I didn't even have voicemail yet. I think I still had an answer machine with tape in it. Sally, you had to have bar arguments about what was true or not, and you couldn't resolve it immediately because no one could check the internet. It would go on forever. For days. Rebecca. We went on to movies a lot, uh, like as a pack after work. We went to see American Pie, a whole group of us, eight or nine of us on a weekday. Who does that now? Eric. You would call the movie theater's number and it would be like a machine and tell you the times. And At one point, the recording was continuous loop where you'd just jump in wherever it was. Mac. Movie phone! You'd call movie phone, type in the theater code, and give you all the movies and the show times, Nicole. But movie phone doesn't sell tickets, so you'd have someone get there early to get the tickets. Or if you're really worried the movies sell out, you'd go to the theater box office at lunch. Jordana. We went to the AMC 25 a lot if you bought a ticket to an indie movie. I saw Castaway or parts of it a couple of times that way. Well, let's see. A different time. I buy cheap diesel watches and would lose them, so I was constantly on the train or the street to suddenly look at other people's watches to see what time it was, or sliding up to the taxi cabs, looking at the time on the dashboard and then telling them I didn't want the cab, but... I did have a phone, so I never knew what time it was. Staying in tonight. Eric. I got home a, a little on the early side, like five. So I had to wait for everyone else to get home. I was living in a house with my friend Daryl. Specifically remember coming home and watching Seventh Heaven. I didn't like it. It was just that I came home at a regular time and shows just seemed to Always be on, and I watched it because that's what you'd do. You'd watch the shows that were on. Nicole, my TV weighed 300 pounds and was easily as deep as it was wide. Sally, I had a friend with an HBO, so I'd go over there on Sunday nights. <laughs> Simpsons, God. Judge Judy, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's been 14 minutes. This is a hell of a bonus. <laughs> Who are all these people? I don't know. It's just in my head. Oh, my God. I have multiple personality. It's not multiple personality if you're aware of all the personalities, is it? Uh, no, that's just acting. <laughs> I'm stupid. We rented a ton of movies at Blockbuster. I remember that. I think I had every... That moment when you've seen everything at Blockbuster that you were even remotely interested in and then gone to the library and seen all those two... Whoever was currently king of friends got to decide. You bring a couple of movies and they decide. Anyway, I had like 20 VHS types. It's no wonder I know every minute of Raising Arizona by heart. <laughs> I remember when my roommate bought a DVD player and we watched American Pie 2. We called it DVD motherfuck, DV motherfucking D because it felt so ritzy. DVDs endlessly looping. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. PlayStation. You don't know, Jack. On the computer, we played like solitaire and stuff. Did I use my computer at home? Oh, I remember. Salon had a link. Uh, wow. Here's one. Sean. Puns really different than 
you just had to take a shot with whatever you were downloading. So there would be like a folder and they would say this is whatever kind of photo. So you would set the computer to download. It would be like three or four minutes download a couple of files and you check back later. It was very off and really frustrating. Extremely disappointing. Hmm. Sometimes you'd be on a 30 or 45 minute call with someone. That was a big part of your night. You'd tuck the phone under your chin while you were wandering through the apartment. Hmm. Now if someone calls me on the phone, I'm like, how violent of you to call me. My roommates and I had a ritual at the end of the night or when people came home from going out, watching part of whatever Law and Order was on, we'd drink tea, then we'd go to bed. Good ritual. Dear God, things different. Oh shit! What's going on? Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Hmm. Yeah. Is this recording again? What in the hell?